Welcome into the podcast, Little Boomers. Before we get started, just want to talk about our amazing support system, the CBJ Artillery with High Bank Distillery. Uh, two great entities that we that support us. Uh, High Bank Distillery located over there on Goodale Boulevard Road, Goodale Road. I don't know, one of those two. Right over next Goodale. Goodale, right, right over next to the Grandview Yard. New uh, one opening up in New Albany here real shortly. Very true. Uh, they are hiring actually. So if you are interested in being a server or a bartender or a host for High Bank Distillery or hostess for High Bank Distillery, or uh, just check them out. Be the guy that gives me my vodka. There you go. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> we need a we need a private vodka giver for Little Boomer. Mm-hmm. Uh, check them out. Highbankco.com for more info. Highbankco.com. Uh, thank you so much. It's been a wonderful season with those guys. We look forward to doing it next season. Shut up and sit down. Welcome into the podcast, ladies and boomers. I am Bucket Hat Kyle, your host, here with my co-host, Lil Boomer. Lil Boomer, how are you feeling today? I am great. Yeah? I'm celebrating 12 years of being married to the most wonderful woman in the world. Amazing. I have that to is, say that. She's sitting beside me. It's incredible. Uh, yeah. So, look, this is our last uh, podcast for a while. Uh, we're probably going to take at least three to four weeks off. Uh, if anything comes up, we might do something small. Um We've been staying at it. I mean, we're only on episode nine here, but uh, for the last nine weeks, two months and a week, we have been bringing it at you. Thank you so much for all the support uh, from the ladies and boomers out there. We really couldn't do it without the people uh, that that support us and, and have been basically lifting us up the entire way. So and just coming to hang out with us and have a drink before and after or during the games. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's get into it. Today, we're just basically going to do a season recap. Uh, we'll start with... The grades uh, for the team and players based off of uh, the expectations that we had this year. Um, I know before we started Bucket and Boomer at the beginning of the season with the artillery, uh, we had our predictions. I I had predicted uh, the Blue Jackets to be in the basement of the Metro. I was wrong about that, dead wrong about that. If you look at the standings uh, in the Metro, where did you – I know you didn't really have any predictions, but where did you have them at? We'd had a conversation, um, and – I was actually really close to Jordan's prediction. I predicted we would be around 500. We'd be one or two spots out of a playoff spot. We'd be right there battling, but just be left out. So, actually, I was pretty close to dead on. Yeah, you were spot on with that. Uh, so, great job, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we, do know this team, we know this team pretty well. I mean, we're not insiders. We're not Jeff Svoboda. We're not anybody like that. But um, No, we're we, better. We're better. That's right. We, we stick <laughs> around that, the team Jeff. a lot. We know a lot about what's happening with the team. Uh, so, our, you know, they're educated guesses, I guess you could say, which is right. most you could say just about with all of the experts and anybody else that talks about it as well. I mean, uh, it's not like we put in any less time. That's very true, yes. Uh, so just a, just a rundown here of the Metro this season uh, this, of standings-wise. Uh, we'll start at the, we'll start at the uh, top, uh, Carolina winning the Metro with 116 points. Uh, New York in second, New York Rangers in second with 110, um, which I had actually predicted them coming in second this year in the Metro. They had so much talent. Artemi Panarin is, I think, going to be maybe one of the captains next season again, uh, but really pulled likely. that team together. Kind of what he did here in Columbus with a lot of those yeah, guys. I mean, and with the guy like Artemi Panarin, I mean, we've seen it in the past here. As much as somebody wants to say he didn't make him better, 
Uh, he did, and he also made Chris Kreider one hell of a goal scorer. This yeah, year. Chris Kreider. He he looks. You know, he was really good. Um, I, he hasn't been with. I don't know how long he's been with New York, but. He's always been that kind of grimy goal scorer. Uh, He's their version of Boone Jenner. Basically, much better. I mean, and healthier. Uh, But it's, (laughs) yeah, New York, great team uh, there. Pittsburgh in third place, of course, even with Malkin and Crosby injured for the most of the beginning of the season, as they were in Malkin, I think even got, what, like a five or six game suspension at one point this year. Yeah, axe chop somebody. I mean, that guy has the worst temper issues I've seen on a hockey player, out of a hockey player in a long time. Um, but it's Pittsburgh. I mean, they start out slow, and then they heat up at the right time, and they always find a way to get in. Yeah, so Pittsburgh there, uh, Washington in fourth, as they do. I think Washington, after this year, is going to start their downfall. They're uh, old. They're, they're, they're getting, old. yeah, they're for sure. They've got that team that won the Cup, what, four years ago, I believe it's been now. And they're still drunk. <laughs> they're still <laughs> drunk from that. Uh, New York Islanders in fifth jump, the Blue Jackets, uh, 84 points. Which um, that's probably the biggest disappointment this year. I think so. I, yeah, I mean, New they York were Eastern Conference Finals last year. A lot swept of people, Pittsburgh in the first round last yeah, year. A lot of people had predicted them to go to the finals this year, but that is a team that started out on a 13 game road trip because their stadium wasn't finished, and then COVID just absolutely kicked the crap out of them all year. Yeah, to the point it literally had to shut them down for what a week or two. Yeah, something like that. I think that's pretty close. Yeah, it was, and then once you know, once they got past the COVID thing, and then they got to play a lot more games at home, they turned it on a little bit. But it was a little too late, and they just barely missed it. But that's a team that's got a lot of potential going forward next year. You're For gonna sure. have to not forget about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, New York Islanders, and then Columbus there in sixth place with 81 points, uh, minus 38 goal differential, which is crazy because this is one of the highest scoring Blue Jackets teams we've ever seen in franchise history. Um, they were top 15 in the league and goals scored this year, goals four. Bottom and still three and goals allowed. Yes, still with, ended with a minus 38 goal differential. Uh, kind of, I mean, that's almost directly in line with Oliver Bjorkstrand's plus minus this year at minus 35. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy because Bjorki uh, Career high. Career high in goals and points this year. Not assists, but goals and points this year. 28 Goals, 29 assists, 57 points um, with that minus 35. That's just a, a I mean, like blight. we talked about earlier, he had 57 points, minus 35. You do the math, that's 87, 92, which means he was on the ice when 92 goals were scored against us to make his 57 points that were scored while he was on the ice a minus 35. That's crazy. Uh, New Jersey, yeah, so moving on from that, New Jersey is in seven, uh, 63 points. And then Philly in, in last place was 61. What uh, a disappointment out of Broadway. Philly, yeah, not great there. Um, but, you know, it, the gap between sixth and eighth place was 20 points, which is crazy. That's uh, the, the bottom two in the Metro, 63 and 61 points, respectively, in New Jersey and well, Philadelphia. Just to get into the playoffs this year in the East, you had to have 100 points. Yeah, yeah, Washington with 100 points just squeaked in, I think. They're, well, not squeaked in. They were well above New York. Right. I, I mean, think, it, yeah. it was ridiculous. The gap between – Eight and nine was big. The gap between 10 and 11 was big. So, I mean, the, the gap between the last place team and the last playoff team was, what, 60 points? Six, uh, the, la- the second pl- wild card team and the last yeah. w- uh, 16 points, yeah, between second and third of the wild like card there. More. Yeah, 100 points by Washington, 84 by New York Islanders. Um, who, yeah, had we, nobody had a chance after second place. No, I'm talking about last one. What was, what, what, how many points did uh, Philly end up with? 
Uh, Philly had oh yeah sixty one so about forty so points 40 points yeah, yeah. 40 about forty points 39 between points. making the playoffs and being dead last which, and then we have to talk about a, Montreal that's a lot of points I mean that's, that's a lot a, that's of points. so many points that's tons of points but dude to have a hundred just to get in that's ridiculous yeah and that's how that's what it's turning into I mean, I mean usually that last team it gets in somewhere between ninety two and ninety six yeah. Uh, and then Montreal in the last last place in the Eastern Conference just had to just have to mention it. I know you're a big David Savard guy, but it's always funny to watch. You know Josh just, Anderson no, struggle. No, my <laughs> funny my funny thing with Montreal is they're dead last in the East. Actually, did they ended up dead last in the league because Arizona fun. passed them the last two games. Yeah, Arizona had 57 points. Yeah, so uh, Montreal had 55. They're dead last in the league, and they won the West last year. How do you how do you are you even scared of anybody in the West going into the playoffs? Yeah, that doesn't uh, make any sense. East, they were East though. No, they won the West last year because of oh, the, the bubble, yeah. shank, the whole bubble thing. Yeah, which was weird. I think that because Canada ended up in the West speaks to a lot of that. But uh, yeah, we won't even talk about the Western Conference. Nobody cares except for Vegas missed the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. Yeah, I'm gonna do my happy dance. The happy dance was beautiful. I wish we had video of that. That was amazing. I was. I tell you what. I've been on the Dallas Stars for the last week to the point I've probably picked up thirty-five new followers from Dallas just nice. because of my hate for Las Vegas. Uh, so yeah, there, there, there's your Metro recap. Um, kind of knew that Blue Jack. You know, we had some. I think the expectations raised a little bit uh, towards the beginning of the season when they they had the they had two runs this season of of games where um, they had a point twelve game point streak at one point, which is something for a team that's so young again the youngest team in the league uh which i think that says something for sure cole were, sillinger were we youngest or second youngest new youngest jersey to, may have been younger than us by like a month they were the youngest team to start the season um and then you know then we added kent johnson and blankenberg and yeah, we're the youngest carson team. meyer and uh danforth is older um trey flix Wolanski played some minutes um, I got to look at the the man games lost this season, but I think we were higher three hundred games higher like again every year four hundred games every year. Uh, so the injury injury bug this year definitely hurt a lot. Uh, Boone Jenner being out for the the majority of the end of the season, I think the last thirty games or yeah, he missed twenty five games near maybe a third quarter to a third of the season with that back injury that does not require surgery. Good. Uh, Texier missing that much time with unknown things. Yeah, I, I don't even from, want to speculate well, on that. Well, he went from a broken finger to family issues. Right. And so Texier. One of the things to remember with the Texier situation is the team granted him an unlimited leap of absence he didn't ask for it they gave it to him because of the situation right so which is fine i mean what yes whatever he's got to so. do as long because he was definitely breaking out i mean this was a season uh if we would talk about texting well, for a second even for a guy that missed half the season he still had career highs yeah he he looked really good he's still with as much time as he lost he was still 15th on the team in points with 20 points 11 goals nine assists not saying much but he only played 36 games yeah. this year so over half the season gone i mean right. when the season started and you had that 99 line of Robinson, Corrali, and Tex. They were your fourth line. Let's and talk the next about thing you know, they were your third line because they were producing. They played more, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and then speaking of that line, Sean Corrali. Um, career high in points and goals, 14 goals. Tied his career high in assist. Career high in assist as it well? Was, it was tied. Okay, tied. Uh, so technically all three were career highs. 14 goals, 16 assists, 30 points. I think he found his home here. Uh He's 29 years old. I think that this is the spot for him, clearly. Big I mean, advocate for the city, too. Uh, absolutely. Uh, lots of fans here. Um, I love Sean Crowley. I think he's great for the team, great for the city. 
Uh, and same very, with Jack Ross. Very personable. I mean, he's the kind of guy you want to talk to people because he has a great personality on top of it. Oh, I agree 100%. And not that hard on the eyes. No, not at all, as we've noticed this season uh, from certain yeah, people. I'm secure enough to say that's a good-looking dude. He's a good-looking dude. Um, yeah, so Cole Sillinger as well and Jack Rostovic, two guys. I think it's Cole Sillinger from Columbus? He no. was born in Columbus. Okay. He was born when his dad played here. So technically he was born here, but he did not spend a lot of time here. So Carson Meyer, another guy Carson who spent Meyer a lot of from time Columbus, here. yeah. Uh, the young guys that are from here, I, I think, is, is a good thing. Um, it's, it's a conversation starter, and it's a point of interest for a lot of fans because, you know, youth hockey has been something that we've talked about a lot here that's been growing tremendously yeah, and over it, the I last mean, we, 10 years. We took a beating nationally the last few years because of people walking because they didn't like Columbus is what, what the whole story has been. But it's been nice. I don't know if you listen to Friedman on 32 Thoughts a lot, but – the last few weeks, every time he talks about Columbus, he talks about what an amazing organization and amazing city it is. He doesn't understand why anyone wouldn't want to be here, and he believes that that's not the reason people are leaving. Yeah, it's, I, we can get into that. I mean, I think that a, a part of that, people players not wanting to be here, we can go back and talk about Panarin again. Well, uh, we were with, pulling in over 18,000 fans a night when we were eliminated. So the last game of the season, I I could I have to look at the hundred point five a hundred point five percent capacity. We were oversold out. Yeah, uh, was last game of the season eighteen thousand. Oh, no, I'm sorry, eighteen thousand two hundred thirty four people uh, for the Tampa Bay game, and that that was unbelievable to me. That was that and was they a were involved. We were into the game. Yes. Oh my God. It was and it was a great game. We won that five to Some two. Some big bearded dude. There's videos of him flipping off referees in Tampa Bay. Yeah, we love to see it. Um, the the fans, the people realize what's happening here. I think hockey fans and you know again we are the youngest team in the league uh, through, for most of the season, if not the entire season. I don't I don't really know about the end of the season. I didn't look that up, but. Um, the expectations weren't super high this year because we've been told it's a rebuild, 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 and yet the attendance numbers have been outstanding. Great, I mean, for Blue a, Jackets on standards. a bad night, we were pulling fourteen five, fourteen eight on a bad night. Right, and I remember the days when it was and we I were lucky to get ten thousand. Yeah, fucking five. <laughs> so it, it's been it's been very encouraging, um, and I think you this, know I've, this, I've talked. This organization is going up. I mean, they are going in the right direction. Absolutely, and it, and it starts with. People like us, like the artillery, like subjectively, like like fan groups like that. Uh, Sarah Kent has been a big part of all that. Um, people that bring fans together, and w- what we need to make everybody understand is that we are all here for the same reason. There's a lot. There's been a lot of divide and disconnect between the, the, not even not only the team and the fans in, in some aspects, and not not even all the way that but the, the fans and the fans themselves there's been a disconnect between different fan groups of this team it's almost getting clicky and we need to understand as a fan base that we are all here to watch this team succeed we're on the same damn we're going team. the same way I, I just do not understand why we think that we need to compete with each other when we're See, all looking it's, it's funny because you know goal. you know i'm part of a group that you are part of as well and literally the joke became we're now called the casuals. But <laughs> I love that. Dude, one of the things I love about our group is last Friday, last game of the season, we were all talking about going to Crooked Can and watching a game. 
and Jim and Kelly. Kelly put out a tweet, and she says, where's everybody watching the game tonight? Jason replied back, we're going to go to Crooked Can. I replied back and said, hey, we're watching a game of Crooked Can. Sarah sent her a message and said, hey, come over to Crooked Can. We met two new people Friday night. They're instantly part of the group. I mean, this group is not exclusive. We want everybody to come to our bar or come to watch parties and just have fun. Yep. It's very simple. Uh, we're very easy people to get along with. Uh, we're going to tell you our opinions, but I don't want to spend too much time on all of that. Yeah. So, and, uh, and, and we're going to disagree sometimes. Sure. The, the, the moral of the story is fan base, we're all here for the same reason. I think that's something that we need to understand. And we're getting there. It's yeah. oh yeah. This is the end of this season. Is is the, with the meetings that we've had with the team and all that. It's been even even outside great. even outside so of so encouraging team activities. Even outside of that, this year alone, I have met more people that are fans of this team than I have in the previous twenty one years of being a fan. I mean, now granted, I've really got a lot more hardcore the last three to five years, but this year alone, I've met more people and made more people that I call friends than I have in the last 20 years. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so we'll get off that subject. I know not everybody likes to listen to that, but it's something I like to talk about anyways, just to get that out there. But uh, something I want to do today um, is is kind of do a season grade for the team and maybe as, as, as certain no, a certain number of players, players. a couple players yeah. maybe you want to talk about, uh, a grade based off of the expectations we had at the beginning of the season for them. Um, so if you want to start, I mean, let's do do a couple we'll players we'll that you want to talk we'll about. team first. Team first? Team okay. First, yeah. As a whole, you predicted them to finish seventh in the Metro. I predicted eighth. them to finish – or you predicted them eighth? I predicted oh, them basement. Oh, you predicted dead last? Yes. That's right, because you kept saying how good New Jersey was. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, I was wrong about that one. And, you know, like I said, I predicted them to finish five or six, which they finished six. But, honestly, I didn't think they would finish the way they did. 37, 38, and seven. One game below 500. I thought there would be a lot more teams closer to us. I didn't realize the top half of the Metro was going to be as good as it was. I didn't realize the top half of the East was going to be as good as it was. But I watched this team all 82 games. Um, I went to 40 of the 41 games. I missed one game because I was sick. I watched the other 42 games at home. And – Every week, I mean, we had, like you said, we had the two really good runs where we had the, the double-digit points in a row, and then we had two slumps this year that really are the reason why we're 500. But watching all these new kids come in and then some of the veterans that we brought over, the way they meshed so fast, and literally it feels like I'm watching a family play hockey Instead of a bunch of dudes working for a paycheck, and that you know what, to, to interrupt real quick. That's on Jake Voracek. Oh yeah. The way that Jake Voracek, and I'm going to say it again. I said it all season. I've said it already three times this podcast. The youngest team in the league. I'm sorry, real quick. I'm I'm breaking off. The motion sensing lights turn on in this room that we're in sometimes, and there's the nobody ghost, in man. here. It's the ghost, and it freaks me the fuck out. All right. All right, anyways, Jake Voracek, <laughs> how do motion-sensing lights turn on when nothing's moving? It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Jake Voracek, the way that he has pulled together the young group of players on this team, Cole Sillinger, Yegor Chinnikov, well, one of the things I said Carson all year. Meyer. Yeah, one of the things I said all year, Voracek on the same line as Sillinger was not what I wanted to see because I liked Voracek with line A. But when they put them two together, 
every time someone took a run at Sillinger, Borchek was in their face. Like the like like that drunk uncle. Get off my boy. And you know what that turned into? And then there was times towards the end of the season where Sillinger, when something would happen, like Corrali would get under somebody's skin and get pushed on the boards and a scrum would happen after a whistle, you'd see Sillinger in that scrum every <laughs> time, standing up for his own guys because that was instilled into him by Jake Voracek. Like we Yeah, and, and he's how old? He's <laughs> is he eighteen, I think. Maybe I don't know if we've talked about that yeah. at all this season. I think he's eighteen. I mean, be we're talking about a kid that normally would be just now going to prom in high school. All right, is out there getting in the face of grown ass men he because like he's standing up for his man. boys playing hockey. He looks like a grown ass man uh, playing I, hockey. Yeah, he's an eighteen year old. He knows exactly where he needs to be at all times and and makes the correct plays most of the time. Yeah. Now that's and then it kind of transfer that over to Kent Johnson. It hasn't happened for him as as much as we'd like to see at the end of the season here, but. The dude just came off of a college season where they did really well, and it's a whole different game in college. I think next season after training camp and after the offseason of, of training and oh, everything yeah, get with some the team, time at Traverse City. Oh, my City. God, dude. He's, he's going to be something special you, next year. You know what one of my favorite things about Kent Johnson is? He's what? the last guy off the ice at every practice. There's pictures of him still out on the ice working on his game an hour after everyone else has already left. Oh, yeah. I noticed that at the morning skate that nobody else was invited to. <laughs> yeah. He, well, he, dude, he stuck out there for another hour. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the kid wants to be good. The team, the team that we watched this year is a team that has a lot of young guys that get along really well. There wasn't anything that we've seen in the past this year, like with Bobrovsky we, we, leaving we the ice We didn't have early. a locker room distraction this Nothing year. Nothing like that. And, and that's things that that's what needs to happen because there's good leadership in that locker room now. And it starts with Larson, but I think Boone Jenner did a phenomenal job. Jake Voracek needs to have an A on his chest next season or else I'm rioting. It's the, but who do you take it from? Nyquist or Warinsky, truly. I don't think, I mean, I don't understand why. Warinsky, the only reason he had an A on his chest to begin with is because of that contract he signed. Right, and right. he's going to be here for so long, which is fine. I'm not against that, but I think but see, Voracek the good thing, should have that over him. But the good thing about Voracek is he's been in this league so long and he's so well respected. He it doesn't, doesn't really he don't matter. need the A. Yeah, it doesn't because really Because he can go up and talk to the official without that damn letter on his chest. Because they all know. Because, yeah. Well, they know and he don't care. He doesn't. Yeah, I mean that could be the penalty, but sometimes because you're not really well, supposed to if you don't have that letter. That misconduct he got was because when he was done talking, Gus Nyquist had to say some more, sure. and then they went ahead and threw Voracek out. <laughs> oh yeah, that ten minute he got when oh yeah, when that was when uh, oh my god, was that when Sil? No, it wasn't when Sillinger got hit. Somebody got destroyed. Yeah, somebody. I can't remember. I just remember watching Voracek, and I'm like, ten minutes. What the? Oh, it was uh, it was Marshawn on peak. Yes, yes, that's yes. what it was. Yeah. Fucking Marshawn. I put money on Boston to win the cup this year. Anyways. <laughs> no, going back to our team grade, I mean, the way this year started, we, we were right in one of our predictions. We were going to score a lot more goals. When you throw eight up in the first game, we were like, yeah, we're going to lose six to seven instead of two to one. But we didn't lose as much as I thought we would. I mean, my expectations, we met right about where we were. But the way we did it and the belief that I have in this team going forward, when you make a prediction and they hit it dead on, I mean, that's a C. That's average. That's, that's average all day because they did exactly what you thought. But the way they did it makes it a B plus or an A minus. That's why I had in, in the notes season grade based off of expectations. So season grade just in general in, in, the, in the NHL is a vacuum. Uh, yes, they, it was, they were exactly middle of the road, almost 500. Um, 
did really well in scoring goals, not so well in goals against. Right. And they were d exactly like average. See but when you look at dot. those man games lost you were talking about, sure. how many of them were in that defense? Regardless, everybody deals with injuries. You can't really base that on the grade, I don't, in my opinion. Right, right. But when, it's, when we're talking about how many goals we gave up, how many of those man games lost were just in the defense? I mean, Warinski got hurt Boone, how many times? Boone and, and, uh, and Line A missing six weeks with an oblique injury in the middle of the season hurt. He only played 56 games this year, right. so that, that hurts as well. And he, he when he was in, he really stepped up his defense this year, more than last year. Oh, yeah, he year. played a lot. He played a lot he's more defense than he's ever played. He's actually using 6'5 frame that he has to, to move He was hitting people. Around. We yes. were talking about that earlier. He was hitting people. Uh, so, yeah, I think, see, but if you base it off of the expectations, my expectations were basement. This is a yeah. rebuild. So Sillinger is going to have to learn as he's going. Uh, Boquist, Well, Bean, if you remember the beginning of the year, everybody's like, Sillinger needs to be in Cleveland, and we're going, he don't need to go to Cleveland until he needs to go to Cleveland. Right. And he never needed to go yeah. to Cleveland. Seth Jones leaving, that's a leadership role gone. Uh, Felino's gone. Savard's gone. You miss, you, lo well, you lose so many. We got rid of our whole core. Exactly. Well, that's my I mean, point. Cam. So, so when you're, when you're, Cam, yeah, when you're, when you're rebuilding – or so they say. I mean, it felt Re like a retooling. Yeah, it's it, your expectations are basement, and that's kind of what I expected. So based off of that, I give them the B B plus on the season. I think that they performed well above their expectations, and I I truly think that they would have done well, better than much better than they did at the end of the season if they would have had Warinsky healthy consistently, Boone Jenner healthy consistently, Line healthy consistently. Uh, I mean, even Wierenski made the joke. We were talking about how many games he missed. He made a joke at the exit interviews. They're like, what's, uh, what's one of the things you're looking forward to? He said, not getting hit in the face. Right, yeah. So he played 68 games, 11 goals, 37 assists, 48 points from him. I don't know if that's a career high, but I think it's very close if it's not. Um, minus 15. I know I give Zach Wierenski a lot of shit for that because of the contract that he signed, and I did before the contract, but he had a hell of a year this year for the amount of games that he played. And so did, did Gavrikov. I know that we talk shit about the defense. Eddie. Gavrikov is steady Eddie. Gavrikov had a career year all the way around. 28 point, or, uh, 33 points, 5 goals, 28 assists, uh, minus 3 on the rating. Really good for a team that gave up that many goals. He, he averaged, what, over 18 minutes a game? Uh, he had he, average time on ice, 22 oh, wow. 17. Wow, it went way up there at the end. 22 minutes there. 22 uh, minutes a game, playing over a third of the game. He was a minus three. Yep, 138 blocks and 124 uh, and hits. Did he this play is, all 82? He played 81? 80. 80? Uh, so very steady, consistent, healthy, 138 blocks, 124 hits. I and, mean, is this David Savard, the next coming of David Savard? It's, he's right there. I no, mean, I mean, I've already got his shirt. <laughs> you do. That's true. I, I don't and, know. I, and the most important thing, the fifth line helpline. Good God. How many people fell in love with Gavrikov this year oh my because God, that, of the fifth line helpline? Yeah, I know. I mean, that's my wife's shame. new favorite player. Right. That, Scott Lim said his his wife. That's his, her new favorite good. player. Good. And he's a good-looking dude. You know, he's got a good beard on he's him. He's hilarious. And he's funny. That Some of the videos are that, you know, he'll have – He'll be mic'd up, or I don't know. They had a mic around the. He'll be singing to. He'll be singing along to songs and stuff like that. He's a national treasure. He yeah. oh. he is hilarious. Oh, wait, wait. Vortex a national treasure. They can both be. Okay. There's room for two. We'll just build a whole building. There we go. Uh, yeah. So I I think that the we're not future jerseys were making you national treasures. B B plus on on the grade based off of expectations, and I think the future is bright as hell, man. I know we keep saying it and driving it home, but. If Kent Johnson is going to turn out to be the guy that we think he's going to be, and if Blankenberg can fill in 
The size scares oh, me, but the way that he played this year, if he can absolutely. fill in and be that guy, dude. Well, I'm, here, here's the key with Blankenberg. Um, I mean, not that I like promote other podcasts, but we all know Bobby Mack does a podcast. Oh, well, yeah, we promote that. And, yeah, we and, love Bobby Mack. And Bobby Mack said himself, some, he got a question last week. Somebody asked, you know, about the defense going forward, you know, with the way Blankenberg played in his limited time, but is he a lock for top six next year? And Bobby Mack himself said, I'll go one further. He said, because after two games, he was playing top four. With he's, a lot with injuries. Boak was out. Bean was hurt some. I, yeah, there was injuries right. for sure. And but I mean, should we had to play Beirut Bobby at one Mack, point. Wierenski, Pete, Gavrikov, and Blankenberg are locked in. Boquis and Bean are going to have to prove they want those last two Boquist spots. Boquist is locked in. I, I am putting my name on that Yeah, but right you got to have a seventh until he proves he can stay healthy. He's got to change jersey numbers. Yeah, I, if yeah, that's let's start that right now. Change the jersey number, Adam Boquist. We are begging you. That number is <laughs> cursed here in Columbus. Please change it. Go to 20. Go, you can't go 28 20 or 29. 58. 58. 58. Well, that's what Gavrikov should have. He's, yeah, that's true. No, Gavi's good at 44. We like He's 44. Like 44. I mean, Boquist can toe drag. Give him 58. Yeah, Boki's got a hell of a shot and a good rebound shot. I think that, you know, 11 goals, 11 assists, 22 points. Minus 11, not great, but for the amount of games he played. He only played 52 games. He missed 30 games this season. Um, but, again, the future is bright, I think, with this team. We have a lot of young guys that have a lot of promise. And these two draft picks coming up, mm-hmm. we'll see how the lottery goes. But Chicago's first-round pick and our first-round pick are going to be probably top 15. Well, right now, Chicago's six. Six. The lottery is going to determine yeah. a lot because so we know how they, that goes. Even if they go back three places, that's nine. Yeah. So and those can be moved for assets. We were talking about Chikram before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob Chikram from Arizona. I mean, I don't know if, if Arizona is looking to start building, then they probably want to keep a player like that. But there's several teams that are linked to Chikram talks, and we are the second one. They always we list. have been linked to that since last off season. So it's because his dad used to coach him and Andrew Peak. Yeah, and speaking of Andrew Peak, another breakout year for him. Maybe not so much a breakout year, but uh, 169 blocks and 191 hits from him defensively this year. How many year. times did that guy crawl off the ice in slow motion because he took one in the ankle, the knee, the no-no place? Yeah. And miss a shift or no shift and right back out there. Led the team in blocks, uh, second in hits. Uh, only behind our beloved Sean Corrali, who was, I believe he ended top 10 in the league in hits this year. <laughs> Which is how he ended his season. <laughs> in 240. I broke his toe knuckle. Is that what he you said? A knuckle on his big toe Jesus. trying to hit somebody that, that moved. That painful as shit. Yeah. Uh, look, yeah, I, I truly think that next season is going to be even better. Again, injuries have to have to stay away, clearly. I right. mean, I mean, we deal with injuries every year. I mean, that's just something. Every that's team why does, right? That's why you have four lines and three pair of D, and you always have at least two more lines and three more defenders right. ready to go. So speaking of, you know, the future is bright, like we all keep saying, um, next season, uh, let's, let's do some way too early predictions for next season. What, where do you think that the Blue Jackets end up in the Metro, and do they make the playoffs? Oh, we're winning the whole fucking thing. The whole thing. All right, but for real, though? No. <laughs> we're two years away from winning the whole thing. Mate, huh? That'd be cool. Uh, well, I've been saying it. I've been saying it all year, and I know we've had several conversations. And I keep telling everybody, be patient. Yeah. You know, give them the old Aaron Rodgers, R E L A X. Relax. Next year's gonna be good. We're not going backwards. Next year's gonna be good. Um, we're talking wild card 
getting in the playoffs. I think we make the playoffs next year. I really do. Mm. I don't know if we finish top three and Man, I don't know with this kind of Washington with this, oh. and Pittsburgh finally take that step backwards. But I can see us in the one or two wild card and really, really making people rethink what they think about Columbus as a hockey team. I, I agree. Now, the only thing, and I'll pull up cap friendly here to... We uh, still have $12 million to play with. We do, but... Yeah, the, we got a lot of guys. We the amount with. of RFAs that we have coming up this season is. I can think of a couple we can let go. It's like we, uh, yeah, but it's like eight or so guys that are coming up um, at the end of this season. Let me see here. We've got uh, Gabriel Carlson, which he's mm. he's a good fill in. Boquist, uh, Blankenberg, with that one year contract that he signed. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he still falls under RFA because of his age. Right. Yeah, that's RFAs. Yep. Uh, Carson Meyer, uh, which I think that there will be a, an offer there. Um, Emil Bemstrom, I think that there will be an offer there. I, I know it. We need, we need talk management. Are, we need to talk about that one. Uh, Jack Roslovic, uh, he's making $1.8 million this season, but I th- I can see him making three, three and a half for the next couple years. I think he'll take two and a half as a hometown discount. Maybe. Uh, and then the, the big one, the big fish, Patrick Line, an RFA this offseason. Um, lots of – and then that's not even uh, – Patrick Line will be here next year. Daniil Tarasov as well, uh, also an RFA. Um, don't so forget maybe, about Nathan Gerby. Maybe his injury wasn't a bad thing because now we can lowball him. <laughs> yeah, he's twenty. You can't really lowball an RF. I mean, you can, but like you're going to give him a he doesn't have arbitration rights. Sub one million dollar contract, and they're going to have to take it, and that's really all there is to it. Give him, um, the, give him the Buffalo special, one year, seven fifty. Some some notable guys that so Barube is a UFA at the end of the season. I don't see him coming back, no. and then. Uh, Corpy as well. I Corpy's mean, I could, the interesting one. Corpy is very interesting. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Just because, you know, he had a, he had the worst year by far of his entire career this Absolutely. year. One of the worst years in the league. Absolutely. This year, as from a goaltending perspective, um, just not good. And then ending the season on that injury that he had, it's just not a good year. We've seen phenomenal things out of Jonas Corposalo in this organization. And I think that's the key right there, is that we as an organization know what he's capable of so if he were to try the free agent market there's not going to be a lot of takers for him so his best deal might be a one or two year deal here at a lower paycheck because we already know what he can do yeah and he maybe he's comfortable here especially with us going to finland next Man, year but i think that there was definitely a disconnect there between him and elvis because they both feel like they're number one goaltenders which They've proven both that they, they kind of are. Elvis not so much this year, especially not Corpy this year. But in the past, they've definitely showed that. I think you're right, though. I think Corpy, with the year he had, I don't know that he's going to have a lot of interest in in UF in teams trying to sign him as a UFA unless they're going for like a backup guy at a million dollars for the next two right. years or something like and that. If, and if that's what you're going to get offered out there, why would you not just take that to stay here and then you get to go home and play in Finland? That's yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it's going to be a very interesting... And then, you, well, you have a conversation with him, too. And you just let him know that if you sign this, you're the backup. There's no more 1A, 1B. Elvis is the one. You're the two. Right. And uh, then, when Tarasov's ready, you're going to have to fight to be number two. Yeah. So, the, the final cap space right now, uh, as it stands, is $10.7 million for the team. A um, lot of guys to resign though. So, that's going to shrink... F- Significantly, we'll get an extra million because it goes up a million. Yes, 
Uh, so 11.7, we'll call it that. And then s- some of these RFA guys, though, that are going to get two-way deals, um, probably like Carson, Carson Meyer, Meyer yeah. uh, like possibly Emil Bemstrom, um, Gabriel Carlson, possibly Nick well, Blankenberg. If you do keep Emil Bemstrom, because when he came in, him and his agent, they refused to sign a two-way contract. So, And a lot of people don't understand how a two-way contract it works. It doesn't hit the cap when there's a two-way. That's the, that's the difference. Right. Well, with, with two-way – you get paid two different amounts of money. You get paid, say, say you get paid a million dollars a year to play with the big club, or you get paid $350,000 a year when you're playing in the AHL. So if you play 41 games in Columbus and you play 41 games in Cleveland, you're going to make half of that $1 million and you're going to make half of that 350000 Right. Yeah, so it, it's going to be an interesting uh, time this offseason. There's a lot to do. Um, as, as with the management and look, if, if the management of this team has showed us anything over the last five or six years, I trust uh, Yarmo and, and Yarmo, we trust, we've been saying it since the beginning and, and I trust him a lot more with JD sitting beside him. <laughs> I do agree with that. Yes. Uh, we are in good hands with this management team and I, we're not just saying that we've been saying it for years now. No, I mean, we'll still question them and tell them are stupid sometimes. Sure. They make and decisions sometimes they that prove we don't us understand. right and sometimes they prove us wrong. Most of the time they prove us wrong when we tell them when we think that they're Which not making is the fun, right move because then everybody in the fan base wants to tell me how wrong i was which is fine yeah that's what we're here for i'm uh, here i love my phone just goes beep beep beep, beep patrick beep, beep. line a. let's let's get into that do you think so patrick line a is an rfa at the end of this year uh right now he's making seven and a half million dollars as an rfa um 9.2 percent of the total cap for the blue jackets uh do you think that he signs a long-term deal this offseason and to preface this real quick before we go into it uh, in the exit interviews, he is quoted saying that uh, he he wants to be here and the team wants Knows him he wants to, to be, be here. here. There is there, there he is said no, they're on the same page. They just got to figure out the number and the term. Whether or not, and he's also said earlier this season that he's cool with playing next year on a qualifying offer. Which he's is, also said he's become really good friends with Jake Borchek, yeah. who's got at least two more years here. Yep. So I, I think that this this at, in this season, whenever it's time. He signs a qualifying offer. What if an offer sheet comes comes his way? It gets matched by the team, uh, and then next season they talk about long term extension. I think that's kind of what happens here. You get him for an extra year, maybe a little cheaper than what you would if you signed him on a long extension. Now, uh, I am not a GM in the league, so I really right, don't know. The but qualifying offer has to go up X amount. So he's making what seven and a half. Seven and a half. I don't know what so I don't I think know what that language the, the qualifying is, yeah. offer this year would be like eight point two five. Okay, is what the amount which is that fine. Have to and go he's up. worth more than that. In my absolutely. Opinion. Um, absolutely. So that'd be great. I, yeah, I. <laughs> We've said it all along. We keep we're the two guys that keep predicting that he's going to sign the qualifying offer and then he's going to sign eight years later. And something that wouldn't surprise me is if he signs both, like he signs the qualifying offer. He's locked in, and then they go ahead and get that deal done to where the extension is signed before the season even starts. Possibly. Yeah, that would be great. I, I know Twitter is I – mean, That's every what they like to do. That's what they did with Zach. Yeah. I mean, because this big contract that we all keep bitching about, it don't go into effect till next year. Right. Uh, yeah, this – it's been – Twitter has been on fire for the last two months about hashtag pay line A. Yeah. Uh, it's coming, so – I know everybody wants it wants it to happen, but you know once he'll be here. Once the end of the season, I think was July first. I think is the. I don't know if that's still the know. date. That's I know what it normally is, changed. but because the year started later, it might be like the July seventeenth. Sounds familiar right. for some reason. Okay. Um, oh man, I lost my. I lost my page. There it is. 
Uh, all right, moving on from that. Are, I look. Are, are I, we I, great players? We didn't grade players. We just graded the team. That's fine. We also t- yeah. So let's let's talk about a couple of the players. Top five in points this at the end of the season. We'll just talk about that. Uh, number five, Zach Warinski, forty-eight points, uh, minus fifteen rating. Number four, Gus Nyquist. Number three, Patrick Line uh, with fifty-six points. Nyquist had fifty-three and fourth. Uh, number two, Oliver Bjorkstrand with fifty-seven points, a career high for him. And then number one, the wonderful, the the, the bearded say wonder. Let me say it. My buddy, my best friend. Jakob Borchek. Wow. Yeah, we, we go way back. Yeah, way back. Yeah, uh, me, si- him, and Savard, we used to have a cabin. We used to go hunting. A, a phenomenal six goals and 56 assists on the season. 39 of which were primaries. Good enough for seventh in the league. Love to see it. Uh, third most assist in franchise history. 60, right? Fourth I, most. Fourth. Third or fourth. Most. I think it was fourth most. Uh, 62 points leading the team. Um, Did also set another record for uh, league-wide for a guy that scored less than 10 goals and still had more than 50 assists. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, so, look, I, you, do you have and, any players that you want to – And he would, wants to score more next year. He's already told us that. He's disappointed himself. Yeah, he wants he, to score whatever, more Whatever, but he's doing great with what he's doing now. So well, he, he came in to do exactly what we asked him to do. That's right. Set up the other guys, make plays, and 39 times he set up someone else. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I mean, if I had to give Voracek a grade, he well, it's an A. It's an A. It's not even close. <laughs> it's yeah, an it's A. You led the team at points, and you did it so awkwardly that it's impressive. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I'd give him an A as well. Uh, I'd give Bjorky maybe a C plus, uh, just because of that rating. I mean, I know the rating yeah. isn't everything, and it's. I'm, I'm look. I'm thinking B minus. I mean, skewed. you did great scoring goals, but. Dude, how did all them goals? But then he'd have these he'd have these really inconsistent slumps. Like he'd he'd go into slumps where he's streaky. He he is. He didn't score a goal for what eleven or twelve games or something like that, and then and then he scored four or five straight. (laughs) Right. So um, I want to talk about Jack Roslovic as well. You know, ever since Boone Jenner went down, he he was the main center, the the main number one center. The guy he was elevated to one, and he played really well. Twenty two goals, twenty three assists, forty five points, a plus two rating. Uh, this season averaged and, and 14 minutes. 10 of those minutes. goals just after Boone Jenner went out. Yeah, so he looked really good. Uh, he had a hat trick in that time. Uh, there was one point he was he scored like 11 goals and there's eight goals in six games or something yeah, like that. I don't know. Nine goals uh, in 11 games. I mean, just the yeah. number that just kept going up and up and up. I'd say, you know, season overall, though, I give him a B as well. Uh, just because at the end of the season, he really turned it on. Um, right, because he started out so slow. I mean, down there when he was playing third line minutes, we had that. I mean, he was he, sec- he wasn't doing a lot. He was now second he, on the team last year in points, right? And we, that's why we expected so much more. So that grade, if Boone doesn't get hurt and he gets stuck down there, that grade is way lower. And we're talking about do you even bring him back? Speaking of Boone, uh, what would you grade him for the season? Best season, really? I think he's had. Eh, that's not true. He's a thirty goal scorer at one point in his career. Boone doing what Boone does in the dirty areas as a left winger that keeps getting stuck at center. As a player, I would probably have given him a B, B plus, but the way he grasps the role of captain, that's a, the guy's an A. That's another A. Yeah, I he, agree he with that. He might end up being the best captain we've ever had. And I love uh, Felino. I love Felino. I absolutely love him. It's been one year. But Boone Jenner has taken this role and – Recency bias. No, I disagree with the best captain ever. Mm. I don't. He's been. It's been one year. We, there's no way that we can well, determine and that. And that's favorite. And that's also subjective. blue jacket of all time bias on your part. <laughs> I love Nick Felino. 
Nick Foligno's. But I would, I would gem. definitely just because of the things he did, the things he was asked to do, and the way he led this team as a first-time captain, I would give him an A. Fair enough. Uh, talk about a couple more guys here. Um, some notable guys this season. Cole Sillinger. Uh, what a eight, freak. 18-year-old, uh, fresh in the league, son of Mike Sillinger, um, who was an absolute wrecking ball in the league when he, when he played. But anyways, Cole Sillinger, uh, 16 points, 15 assists, 31 – 16, 16 goals. goals, 15 assists, 31 total points, uh, minus 22 on the season. Not great, but – But he was on the same line as Bjorki a lot. Yeah. I, I think that I would give him a – just straight up B B. I mean a B. I based on his age and him not playing in the league or anything like that before. His maturity as an eighteen year old is a. ridiculous. A. His, his hockey a. IQ, his ability to take knowledge and remember it. I mean, the things that he was taught this year that he didn't have the first two weeks of the season. You saw him in week three and four. And then in the first two months, there was stuff that was missing. In the third and fourth month, you saw it. The, the guy's a sponge. Yeah, he learned a lot, and, and, he, and he executed very well this year. Uh, stood up for his teammates. Um, looked great. Uh, another guy that came in the same year, also his rookie season this season. Uh, well, I mean, Sillinger, we were talking about Calder at the beginning of the year for him. He was up yeah. there in the talks at the beginning of the season, first 20, 30 and, games. And when we had our cold slumps, so did he. I mean, sure, yeah, the whole team did. But as an 18-year-old, there's going to be some inconsistencies. I mean, I would give the kid a B, B+. But another guy with, that came with in. With the ability to be an A next year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the whole team, I think, could do that next year. Um, another guy that came in with him this season, a 20-year-old, Igor Chinikov, a uh, guy that nobody knew, and when he first got drafted, that's that's a story that everybody knows about. Every time Chinnikov scored this year, Jason Newland tweeted that tweet of the guy from NHL Network and said, I have no idea who Igor Chinnikov right. is. Uh, which was only seven times this year. So seven goals, seven assists, 14 points, uh, minus 27 on the season. Not great. Um, kind of disappointing, I think, because we, we talked about we, – all we heard about was how great a shot is. Smart player. I expected uh, him to have more of a Sillinger year than Sillinger. Yeah, one, he won the the player of the year in the KHL last year. His team won the championship. All of these accolades. A uh, guy that that um, a guy that Yarmo saw as, as the future of this team, and he came out and kind of didn't do well this year. He looked lost a lot of the time, in my opinion. And I give him maybe a CC minus on the season. That's that's probably where I'm at. CC minus. I mean, a lot of the problem with him is, I mean, his English is little to none. I don't think there that has anything to do with playing there. hockey, though. Well, it's kind of hard to learn stuff sometimes when you don't know what the hell they're saying. That's not true. Think about Artemi Panarin. I disagree with that. Well, Artemi Panarin speaks beautiful English. He's a liar. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I don't. But I just know I think a lot of the problem with Chinnikov is our expectations were so high because the team. There's no way he was going to be able to Because we him. were told by, right, by we journalists, were, by Bobby yeah. Mack, we were told by he's our next Artemi Panarin. By Yarmo himself, by JD, by all these guys that Mark Scheig, uh, Brian Hedger, fucking idiot. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. Uh, by all the. By all. <laughs> fucking Ports line, too. Jesus. Uh, clickbait himself. But, anyways, all these guys that are telling us that Chinnikov is going to come in and, and light it on mm. fire this year. And then he goes seven and seven. I mean, it's a good drink, but not a great stat line uh, when you're a player in the NHL playing 62 games. Right. I mean, he's he's got a great shot. He's just got to find the hole. He's got to find the spots. So <laughs> he did a lot of Same. a lot of shooting right into the emblem on the goalie's chest. 
la- last guy that I think we unless we'll two, we'll do two more. Um, I think we want to talk about. Yeah, we'll, we need to touch on some of the defenders as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we'll talk about yeah, Boquist is who I want to talk about next. Uh, a piece that came over in the Seth Jones trade in the offseason, the night of the draft party when we were all inside Nationwide Arena, um, same right. night that uh, Kent night. Johnson was drafted. Same night Jake Bean was traded here. That's right. Uh, so Adam Boquist, 52 games this year, missed 30 total games due to injuries. Uh, number 27 needs to get rid of that. 21 years old, 11 points. God, I keep doing that. 11 goals. 11 goals, 11 assists, 22 points, minus 11. Um, very multipl- multiplicationally yeah, There's so many things to unwrap with sense? him. When he's out there, he's amazing. But he's not out there a lot. <laughs> Sometimes. There was definitely times. He averaged 17 minutes a game uh, when he played. Um, the injury bug bit him a lot yeah. this season. Like we said, all that that number, that jersey, is just cursed. I, I mean, think that the team needs to retire number twenty-seven. Put that in the rafters. Put that in the rafters right next to Rick Nash. <laughs> or put it in the Scioto with Boomer. <laughs> R.I.P. Boomer. Uh, not you, the Cannon. Uh, Adam Boquist. Yeah, I give him the, the expect. I don't know. C see plus. Problem, C plus. It, maybe. I mean. Because when he was in, he showed exactly. He showed, he showed so he he did so many good things. I mean, at, at one point, he was playing better than Zach Warinsky. Yeah, he showed flashes of brilliance, and then you're like, dude, this guy, yeah, where the fuck's he at? He's gone for a week. Yeah, I or mean, longer than that, and, even. Yeah, I mean, for the time he was there, I would have given him a B plus, if not an A. But he wasn't there. I can't give him anything higher than a C. Yeah, I. It, he showed flashes, and if he can stay healthy, I think it. I hope this does not turn into another Ryan Murray just, situation, we, which I we feel need like to hit it the is. weight room. I don't know if that's it. I I don't know. I, it's hard to tell. Uh, yeah, I give him a C, C minus for that. Um, next guy I want to talk about is Sean Corrali. Uh free so agent pretty. signing. So pretty signing. Did we yes, sign he him? was a free agent. Uh, free agent signing, hometown guy. Uh, wanted to be here. Wanted to be here. Fan favorite. Um, 14 goals, career high for him. 16 assists and 30 points, I believe, also career high for him. Um, 16 assists ties a career high for him. Plus two rating on the season. Uh, led the team in hits. Top 10 in the league in hits this year as a forward. He's, and ex- just an, he's exactly the guy you want running your third or fourth line. Yeah, I mean, it's that line – ran so well with him and Robbie and whoever else Pets. had it was him and or Robbie insert and name else. here yeah. yeah I mean insert name here uh I I give him an A on the season absolutely he came in and and filled his role so well that's exactly what we what the team needs to make the push he's not the skilled guy he's gonna score every now and then as we saw career he, he's high a physical goals. presence that we need yeah he throws that body man and he he gets under skin and that's exactly oh, yeah. what we need out of a guy that's on the third or fourth line, and he loves doing it too. That's the thing. Played 77 games this year with leading the team in hits. That's saying something. Very consistent dude, and we we love him. I mean, I don't think that yeah, nothing I, else you can really say about it. Great player, and I hope he's here for the ditto. <laughs> the foreseeable future. Can, uh, can con- con- confirm. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, – I'm just looking down the list here. Uh, let's talk about Justin Danforth. Yeah, let's talk about Justin Danforth. Our Masterson Award nominee. What is that? Uh, that's the award for someone who has persevered or overcome. Gotcha. Uh, uh, yeah, so Justin Danforth, 28-year-old uh, rookie this year, I believe. 28-year-old rookie. He uh, bounced around in 
Europe. Yeah. Playing. Um, signed a lot of one and two year deals in Europe to fix his game after college and just kept at it, kept at it, kept at it, kept at it, and finally got a shot this year. Yeah, and he uh, uh, 45 games, uh, 10 goals, 4 assists, 14 points, minus 5 rating on the season, averaged 12 and a half minutes per game. Um, and, and a good and good guy flies, to teach man. you a lesson. A good guy to teach you a lesson, youngins, because he came here expecting to make the team and was shipped up to Cleveland. And within, what, a week, he was back down here and – Never went back. He stayed. And really, really solidified a spot on that fourth line and was able to move to that fourth line center seamlessly, especially after Crowley went down and Boone went down and we needed more center help. Right. And still performed. Probably the fastest guy on the team and a littler guy who just ain't afraid to throw his body and hit. I, I absolutely loved everything I seen out of Justin Danport this year. And I hope to God he wins the Masterson. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, man, only ten penalty minutes, two in forty-five games. Uh, I I think scored all his points from the fourth line. He lies around the ice and throws that body. I don't think that he had an injury this year either. So and I, he's a guy we knew nothing about coming into this year. Absolutely nothing. I mean, he we didn't know who this guy was. We didn't know first thing about him. And then all of a sudden he's here and he didn't leave. And he also got himself a two-year contract out of it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, if I got a grade Justin Danforth, he's an A minus A, A minus. For what I agree with that, B plus. I'll give him a B plus for what he came in to do. Um, hopefully more out of him next I season. Mean, so. He definitely blew our expectations away because we our expectations were literally. Who Didn't know who guy? is this guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about a go. We'll talk about. Let's just talk about Elvis real quick as well. Barube started well, ended very poorly. Into um, five hundred. He's three and three. Yeah, sure. Uh, six games. <laughs> Those are facts. He's three and he three. He was actually three and two. How's he three and two? Because they give the got, last loss to Elvis. Pulled. Yeah, but he was down three goals. Oh, then uh, we scored three goals, so Elvis got the loss. That's so right. He's three and two. Uh, so let's just talk about Elvis real quick. Played in 59 of the 82 games this season, uh, which is what you expect out of a number one goaltender generally. Uh, started 56 of those, uh, 27 and 13 uh, with a 9.907 save percentage, 3.2 goals allowed, and two shutouts this season. Um, what we saw from him the last two years and what we were expecting this year going into this – Two completely different things. He Agreed. had an average year at best, but I think he had a poor year. In his eyes, in the team's eyes, and in the fans' eyes, it was not a good season for him at all. I know the defense wasn't all always Believe there. Me, I, I've caught shit for this all year. Well, it's the truth <laughs> because we expect this guy to be our number one, and this was supposed to be the guy. I mean, we've been hearing about it for years. Here comes Elvis. It's the right. next Bob. I mean, this Here is comes a guy Elvis. Who had a historic two month run. Gonna win a vet. Yeah, five five shutouts in eight games, and we can keep resting on that, but he needs to keep showing out, and he didn't this year, and it is what it is. Uh, because of that, I give him Mays. Like D plus C minus, dude. For what we expected out of him this season, it was very poor on his end. And I know there was a lot of things last off season that happened that had a lot to do with his performance this year. Uh, if you listen to his exit interview, the cannon bothered him a lot with what happened last season with Kiv Lennox and all of that, and that is completely understandable. Absolutely. And I, I completely understand. I don't understand that. I can't understand that because I have not been through that personally. But. 
still, performance-wise, that's strictly what we're talking about here. I'll give him a C minus. And that's generous in my because I man I have been on Elvis all season about the soft goals man like that that's exactly where I was going to go. There's two things, two things that killed me with him this year. That save percentage number needs to be higher. Nine oh seven is not good enough. The three point two goals allowed is and that was even higher right. earlier. He got he did really well he at the end of the season. Down. Yes. He worked that down. He worked that down. It was a three and a half. Yeah, it was over three and a half. Yeah, but the the save percentage has got to go up. Um, there's certain weaknesses on his glove side that people know about, and he's going to have to work on it in the off season. That glove side's got to get stronger. Now, obviously, we've said the defense was not stellar this year, and there were a lot of one on O's and two on ones and the missiles. A that one on O, he should stop. Do, he's our number one. The, the breakaways and shit, he needs to stop. And I don't two on O, sure. One but on O, come on. The, the the soft goals. I mean, the missiles are the missiles. I mean, there's there's some goals that go in that you could put three goalies in the net and they're just not going to stop it. When Brian Coyle is scoring a break a breakaway goal on you, there's a problem. Agreed. Uh, I myself, like I said, I want to see the soft goals go away, and I want to see a save percentage go up. Those are the two things he needs to work on. But our expectations this year and with what transpired, I, I'm at a C minus, D plus as well. I mean, if I'm going to be generous, I'll give him the C plus, C plus or C minus. If I'm going to be the dick that I normally am, I'm going to give him the D plus. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I think that look, I think the end of this season, having said that, I mean, if we had if, if you look at this team and we had to go into the season with the expectations that we had with what we thought our offense was going to be, our defense was going to be, and our goalie was going to be. If you had to rank them the 1 2 3, what you were the most sure was going to be good, you were going to go goalies first with Corpy and Elvis. You That's were. what we thought, yeah. And they, if I had to rank them now, the offense would have been my number one favorite thing this year, and the defense and the goalies would go 2-3. His shootout percentage this year on saves was 70%. That's not good. No. So anyways, uh, at, having said that, at the end of the season, there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I oh, think absolutely. That We're the, going up. The way that he performed at the end of the season and going into next season, I think he's going to grow from this. Manny Legacy is a phenomenal goaltender coach, and he's mm -hmm. they're going to take everything they saw this year and build towards next year. He's still a young guy. I mean, what is he, 27, 28? Um, I think he's 27 now. I think he, he turned 27. He is sure. still the future goaltender of this team. I don't care what anybody says about Tarasov. I don't want to hear it. No, Brad Larson, I've, like I've said all along this year, Brad Larson has tied himself to Elvis. They will float or sink together. And I truly think that if the end of this season is in the end, any indication as to what is going to happen next season, Elvis is going to have a, a breakout season next year. He has to stay healthy, and I think that he will. He did this year, 59 games. Um, but, man, I, I, I really do think that he's going to turn it on next season. And, and the, the defense is going to change this offseason as well. There's oh, going to yeah. be some guys that get moved around. Warinsky will still be there, but it's going to – Boquist may even move. Bean may move. Uh, nobody's safe. Gavi is probably safe in Warinsky, but – Peak maybe secured his spot. I maybe nobody's safe. Really. I think Peak could move. I think Peak may have uh, upped his stock, and yeah, he may his trade value may he have might been be trade bait now for sure. So I, I think with that said, stand. maybe they may just be like, "Yeah, hey, we're trading him too." Look at look how good he did. Get out of here. All right. I think Elvis will have a will have a comeback season next year. Uh, and I know people have been shitting on me for like saying he's not had not had a good year but like god look at his stats man it's just not good 
Stats have not been well, good. To be a little more positive, who who do you give your team MVP and your team most improved this year? We're not going to do our least worst or whatever. Two positives. Who do you give your team MVP and your most improved player to this year? Uh, my most and, impro- and number three, your biggest surprise. Mm. So who's your team MVP? Uh, team MVP this year. Um, Jesus. Mine's a tie. Yeah, I'm going to say – I mean, i got to go with the points here and just the way that lines – played when he was on the ice with them and I got to say the best player on the team this year was Jake Voracek and it's I mean it's close but I think that he I, elevates I would, he I would elevates split his mine between line. Voracek and Boone yeah he elevated the MVP yeah I, I think Boone Boone did so much more this year than I expected and until his injury he was leading us in damn near everything but then he got injured and then he only played 59 games but with his leadership this year the way he did it I think he and Voracek would be my co-MVPs yeah uh, my most improved Patrick Line. Um the the season he had last year but it was like holy shit are we gonna have to trade this guy like what is going because he looked not good last year it was a Absolutely. weird year all this blah 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 this that and all the other like whatever situations change uh, he really settled in I and I think Torts had something to do with that I think Larson being the coach this year definitely means like there's something there um, Patrick Line, point per game guy one of the only guys in franchise history that was a point that's a point per game guy uh, 56 games, 56 points. He only had 26 goals, but I think you know the more he plays, obviously he'll score more. Most improved this year for me, Patrick Line. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with mine that I've been talking about all year, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Andrew Peak. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I think Andrew Peak, who I thought with Texas. two with two preseason games left, I thought was getting cut, and then at the last preseason game, I watched him make the team. And I watched his improvement this year. He got better and better and better and cockier and cockier and cockier, which that really drew me in too because we've all met me. But uh, I, I still go with Andrew Peak as my most improved player. Honorable mentions there, Sean Corrali, uh, career high in goals. Yeah. Uh, really yeah. settled in. And also Eric Robinson, 27 points, minus one rating this year. Um, yeah, like a really good stat line from him this year as a four, third, fourth line left winger. Mm-hmm. 10 goals, 17 assists, minus one rating. Uh, it's great year for him and he looked fast looked competent knew what he was doing when he was on the ice which you know it's hard it can't well it hasn't always been able to be said for him not shooting to the moon Mm -hmm. um it's i think he looked really good he did have a good year what was your third one third one is your biggest surprise uh biggest surprises this year without a question cole sillinger did not expect him to come in this year and, and do the things that he did um 16 goals 15 assists 31 points uh, 18 years old. I mean, he started the season as the first line center between Line A and Borchek. You remember that? For a shift or two. <laughs> but still, yeah. impressed coaching. Oh, enough. He's, he's a close second for me. I'm yeah. not going to argue with that. He's a close second for me. Who's your, Who do you have? I, I'm going to go back to the guy nobody knew who the fuck he was. Danforth. And he got a two-year contract this year. Justin Danforth was my biggest surprise here. I became a fan of Justin Danforth this year. So maybe recency bias, I'm going with Justin Danforth. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, again, Justin Danforth, ten point or ten goals, four assists, all on the fourth line. <laughs> all on the fourth line. Corrali definitely had a hand in that. Um, going forward, though, I I think that like I keep saying that I think moves are going to be made uh, next season, this off season, because I think. Well, we have too many RFAs to sign them all. Well, Something's manage- got to happen. I, my point, I think management also realizes that you cannot continue to be the youngest team in the league and expect to have success. No. 
You have to have – we saw it this year with Voracek. Well, there's definitely going to be – I mean, there's definitely going to be changes made on that defense. Because even if you go with what's our top six right now, and if we're going to look at it right now, as today, the, you know, May 1st, 2022, our top six are Z, Peak, Gavrikov, Boquist, Bean, and Blankenberg. Right. In whatever order you want to put them. But when something happens one of them, you know, Kukin's an RFA. We don't know if he's coming back. Is Bayreuther coming? Do you want Kukin back? Do you want Bayreuther back? I mean, obviously Scott Harrington's gone now. He didn't come up at all this year. Uh, well, he I did. Mean, That's we not got true. Jake Christensen in the wings. Harrington played this year. Did he? Yeah. I don't uh, even I gotta, remember that. I got to find it, but I know. Don't even remember that. Did he play? Oh, Shana says yes. Seven, she would know. seven games, uh, zero. Wow, I don't zero, remember that at all. Zero goals, one assist, uh, one point, minus four rating. Must have been on the weekend when we went to our bar. <laughs> Some, yeah, uh, Christensen also he scored a goal this year. I mean, right. I mean, I like Christensen in eh. the wings as as your seventh right now, but seven's not enough. We've proved that this year. I mean, how many guys on our defense have got hurt? I mean, I don't I, know. I, I I don't know. Renzi got hurt twice. Boquist got hurt seventy five yeah. times. Bean got hurt. Um, I mean, Gavrikov missed a couple games. Peak missed a couple games. I mean, guys get hurt on defense. Shit happens. Yeah, you got to have eight or nine. Now, seven needs to be better than eight or nine, but are Bayreuther and Kukin good enough to be our eight or nine anymore? Kukin is showing signs, but I don't think so. Bayreuther definitely not, in my opinion, unless something drastic. Kukin's been a big disappointment to me because when you remember when Seth Jones broke his ankle. Carlson. I think we're forgetting about Carlson. He's RFA too, yeah. That's another one. Carlson's going to – I think he's got an opportunity to be really good. But Kukin, when when Seth Jones got hurt a couple years ago against Colorado, he broke his ankle and then scored a goal later that game on a broken ankle. Remember, Kukin got elevated to the first pair with Wierenski and played really good on that first pair. Right. Where the fuck is that, Dean Kukin? I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, all right, real quick before we ended up, we're, we're already in an hour here. Oh, wow. Uh, I know it doesn't seem like no, it's been an hour, but been going. good good uh, hockey conversation. Yeah. Today, huh? yeah. I guess we should probably look at the playoffs. Well, we can. Playoffs. Um, Look at playoffs. We'll do that right at the, here at the end. But what, where do you predict the Blue Jackets? I know, I know we kind of started talking about it earlier, but where do you predict the Blue Jackets to end in the Metro next season? Just give me a position. Fourth. Wild card one. Fourth. Really? Yeah. I'm going to say sixth. Fifth or sixth? Putting mm, us outside again? Fifth. I think we make it next year. We'll see. I say fifth place. I don't know. I, I, You've there's been wrong before. Just so I've been wrong all the time. I, hey, I'm half glass full today. Sure. Today. 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 Uh, yeah, so let's just get into playoff matchups here um, to, to send everybody off. Uh, last thing we do for the next couple of weeks here is talk about the playoff matchups uh, in the NHL. Um, starting tomorrow uh, on a yep. Monday, uh, we have the Bruins and Hurricanes, seven-game series starting tomorrow. Uh, Lightning and Maple Leafs. Oh, so ready for Lightning and Maple Leafs. It's going to be good. Uh, Blues and Wild are playing. Going to be the best series of the playoffs. It's going to be. I think Minnesota is, is a round. dark horse for sure this year. Uh, Kings and Oilers, which I did not even know the Kings made the playoffs this year. Yeah, Dallas made sure that happened. Oilers need to should sweep them, right? Yeah, Dallas made sure the Kings got in when they took Vegas to overtime. Love to see it. Uh, Penguins and Rangers. That is going to be a hard fought hell of a series. I cannot wait for that series. Um, that starts on Tuesday. And then Capitals-Panthers, which I think the Capitals are going to give the Panthers some shit on that series, man. The, the Panthers have been an absolute wagon all season, but we've seen what Sergei Bobrovsky does in the playoffs. Hey, at least Spencer Dice come out the end, so they do have to yank him. So right now, uh, after knowing we, we have our playoff matchups, 
Who wins the cup this year? Oh, we're not going to go round by round. Who we no, God, win. that takes way too long. I'm riding with the Calgary Flames. Calgary Flames? I know you said that on Twitter. That's your first ever team that you were the, a fan the, of? The first team I was ever a fan of back in the late 80s, early 90s, I accidentally got hockey cards for Christmas instead of football cards. And I opened up a pack, and I saw that flaming sea, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I got into hockey from there. Nice. And I was a Calgary Flames fan until they announced – and, you know, that led me going to Columbus Chill Games. And then when they announced we were getting a team here, I was like, fuck Canada. <laughs> That's fair. But I honestly, I'm not picking them because they're my first favorite team. I just think, number one, I believe they have the easiest first-round matchup, so they're going to be rested because I believe they're going to sweep Dallas. Yeah, oh, I must have missed. Yeah. I think I missed yeah, a I couple. Yeah, I did skip that one. Dallas was the other one. Dallas, Calgary was the other one. But I think, I think oh, yeah. they're uh, built – Predators, Avalanche, Colorado. I forgot about Colorado yeah. and, and Nashville, and then uh, Dallas and Calgary are also. Yeah. I think I think Calgary's built for the postseason, and Sutter's got this team just pumping on all cylinders. Yeah, I uh, I got to go with the Bruins, man. I, I'm going with Boston. I the way that they play in the postseason, they have that team, that gritty, nasty, fuck you team that it just does not care, and that's how playoff hockey is. Whistles get swallowed in playoff hockey. We've seen that. Uh, as Blue Jackets fans, personally, yeah. in 2019, um, they lost to Washington that year in the Cup. But I, I got to go with Boston this year. I put money on them. I'm going to stick to my guns. I put money on them a long time ago. I only filled out one bracket. So yeah. I'm riding Calgary. I've got Calgary and the Rangers in the final. Hopefully next season we're talking about uh, predictions for the Blue now, Jackets in the playoffs. I do have two other playoff predictions for those of you betting that that Minnesota-St. Louis series is going to be ridiculous. That's going to be the best series of the first round. It's going seven. You pick whoever you want. I took Minnesota, but that thing's going seven. I think Minnesota is a dark horse. If they come out of that series, they have a chance to run it. I, I really do. They have a really talented team. There's no reason they can't I, I win. Mean, you look in the West. I don't, I don't trust Colorado's goaltending. And that's what yeah. that's their Achilles heel every year. I don't trust their goaltender. I don't trust Rantanen to stay healthy either. As and I mean Edmonton's Edmonton. The, they'll win the first round because they're playing the Kings. But who comes out of the who comes out of the Tampa Toronto series? Uh, Tampa and three. Tampa and three. They won't even play the fourth no. game. They're going to be them so bad in the third Mercy game. Rule. They're going to cancel the fourth game because Leafs are going to leave. You heard it here first. Uh, I canceling actually, the I fourth believe, game. I believe I took Tampa and six, but Tampa and three is just funnier. All right, little boomers, we are done here. Uh, thank you so much for being with us every step of the way this season. Uh, this has been truly an experimental podcast, if I to say it uh, bluntly. Um, and I think we're we're being successful with it. We're going to continue with it. You'll see us next season. Hey, You'll nothing see us. else. We've entertained ourselves for sure. Well, I love coming in on Sundays and doing this. Whether Shannon likes us doing it or not, I don't know. Uh, Taking away, from her, the first download. taking away from her little boomer time, yeah. but we'll see. It's <laughs> as long as my yard gets mowed, she don't care. Fair enough. Uh, again, thank you so much, ladies and boomers, all season. Um, it's been one of the most fun seasons, I, the most fun yeah. season I've ever been a part of. This, The amount of people that I've met this year, uh, the relationships that I've built uh, from people in the team, people that are new fans and people that have been fans for 20 years. Dude, we got a guy coming from Indianapolis to hang out with Scott us Scott Lim. Shout out to Scott Lim. Yeah, I mean, um, he's... Shout out to UK he, Blue Jackets, a guy coming from England to go to LA to watch. He's coming to Columbus next year. We love to hear it, uh, him and his wife. So yeah. uh, all of all of you guys out there that, that have been with us every step of the way, we really appreciate it, drama or not. Uh, whatever happens, we are still going to stick through it. Uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. You know, it's... 
We're going to take some time off. I'm yeah. definitely burnt out at this point. Yeah, I absolutely. need some time. To I, I have lots of stuff I need to catch up on at my house and in my yard. TV shows, yeah? Oh, no, I did all that yesterday. Okay, cool. I, yeah. I watched... I, emptied my dvr yesterday because i didn't i didn't leave the couch uh don't forget to follow us on social media at bucket and boomer where we promote everything uh again thank you so much to high bank distillery and the cbj artillery that's all i got spay and neuter your playoff teams oh source warren Check, check, one, two. Checking the microphones. Looks pretty good so far. We are trying out GarageBand for the first time on a MacBook. So this is a little different. We shall see how it goes. Little Boomer, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Doing a little celebrating. Yeah, the season's finally over. Jesus. Oh, so glad the season's finally over. Let's turn that gain down. That looks pretty good. Yeah. All right. Time for a break. Taking two weeks off. Not doing two. shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Two <laughs> weeks of yard work and housework. I did yard work today. That was stupid. <laughs>